Well, it's good to have you here today at Southfield on what I believe will be a unique, a beautiful morning. Um, some of you knew that this past week I got to go in and get a little repair work done on, a, on an injury from my snowboarding career of, uh, of, of four, four and a half seconds. And so they, they did it. It went well. Uh, I've not had an ounce of pain. I've also had some just incredible um, uh, help for pain that, um, that I'm not taking today or I would not be awake. I mean, I've just <laughs> been having a hard time staying awake. So anyway, um, but this, this really, what we're doing this morning has very little to do with, with my physical condition. We wanted, to, we wanted to this morning to, to have a focus, a strong focus as we're, as we're hitting quite literally the middle of our time of fasting and prayer together. So we started last week. Uh, a season of fasting and prayer. It'll go through this week and on end on Sunday, and um, and and we're we're doing that to fast for our students and for our children as they head toward uh, Green Lake and head toward Quest. We're really excited. We've been waiting all morning. We're at we're at 199 on Quest, waiting for number 200 to sign up. So, um, so if you hear a lot of screaming at some point, that's what happened. <laughs> but it's just it's been really exciting to see the the level of participation this year and and to be excited about what God's going to be doing. We're meeting with leaders right after to talk about some of the things that are going to make this year unique and incredible. And so um, anyway, we we really want to make sure that we're that we're prayed up for it, mm -hmm. that we're ready for that. So, so we'll break into that in a little while, but um, you've got a big day today as you received your update. The first thing on there is that it's step up time. It so is. who all stepping up? What's that look like? It's and here. how do we know it's happening? How do yeah. we get reminded? <laughs> so our eighth graders who are graduating from their respective junior highs this week are going to be joining us tonight or invited to join us tonight at Revive. Now, a little bit of a time change. Wednesdays are 6.30 to 8.30. Sundays are 6 to 8. Now, the, the, cre or the, the great thing about high schoolers is many of them can drive. So we do linger a little later after 8 o'clock. So if you're not there at 8 on the dot, it's generally okay. Um, but this would be the one, the one opportunity for our 8th graders to come up and, and get to know some faces. Um, and we know that there's familiar, familiarity walking through the halls, and you see different people who might be involved in student ministries, but we want our 8th our graders to come and get to actually know Don and Bob and Stephanie uh, and get like into our, our routines so that they know, um, exa and they know what's, who to talk to. Words mm -hmm. are hard this morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they know who to talk to when we go to Green Lake. So we, uh, we give them that one opportunity tonight, 6 to 8. Um, and then our 5th graders who are graduating big kids, they're invited to refuge for their one time before Green Lake this Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8.30. Now, we're doing something special for the eighth graders because we know it's been, you know, they don't get enough fun. So we're letting them double dip. So even though they're invited to revive tonight, they can also come back for their last time at refuge this, uh, this Wednesday night. And we do want to make very clear that Wednesday night is for those leaving fifth grade, entering sixth grade in the fall, through, um, through entering eighth grade in the fall. So our, our graduated eighth graders can come back on Wednesday, but if you have a fourth grader who's going to be in fifth grade, big kids, they are not invited on, on Wednesday. It's not because we don't love them, but it's because we are bursting at the seams. And so we need to, we need to uh, tack onto our team a little bit. If you want to know anything about 
student life and what's going on in the day-to-day, we encourage you to go to the, um, the welcome station this morning and grab one of these. This sheet has everything that you need to know about signing up for our Remind. It's an app, it's a free app that you can register for. Uh, if you have a student of that age, you probably already have the app. If you don't have the app and you don't want an app, you can do it through text. And the instructions are listed very clearly, step-by-step, for each way to sign up for those. We have two different Reminds, one for Refuge, one for Revive. So if you have a, a student who's going to be in either one of those groups, make sure that you get signed up for those. We'd love for you to, to, get, um, to get involved in that way. I try not to send too many, only major updates. Um, so it's not going to be, we're not going to be blowing up your phone. Uh, but we do encourage all parents of Green Lake students to sign up for their respective age group as well. We're going to be sending a lot of messages uh, leading up to Green Lake and throughout the week, just some, some updates um, through that. We also have our information for each group, the times. We have the, the Facebook information, Instagram information, Twitter information, um, so you can know what those are and follow those. And my personal contact information is on there as well. So my cell phone, my email, in case you want to get a hold of me directly, Please stop by the Info Hub today, grab one of those sheets, get signed up. We'd love to, to get to know you through that. I actually signed up for Remind years ago just to kind of know what's going on. And two of my, two of my favorite reminds that come through are when either on a Sunday, more often than not on Wednesday night, um, a remind will go out at about 8.33. Hey, we're going to be a couple minutes late. Yeah. It's always good, but it's always good to know. I'm sitting in the car wondering, is my, where's my kid? So it's good to get that. And when you're coming back from a trip, you know, the whole, we'll be there within an hour that you're able to send it and have us, have us ready to go when we get back. I, as a person who was a parent of three children in, in groups and whatever, it's great to have those little details along the way. Yeah. So I love the way you use Remind. It's, it's really helpful. Next Sunday will be uh, different in that we will not be meeting in here. We'll be out on the lawn. One big church all at once, so we'll meet at, at 10 o'clock. So obviously for y'all in this room, you'll need to come a half hour earlier. And uh, I, I love when we do our outdoor services. We do three during the summer, Memorial Day weekend, Fourth of July weekend, and Labor Day weekend. This particular time, on other outdoor services, we've tied it with a, with a picnic put together by the church. We're not doing that style of picnic this time. This time, if you want to bring some food, you want to bring a picnic basket, bring, bring a lunch along, feel free to do that, hang around afterward. But, but honestly, this particular Memorial Day weekend, with Green Lake coming up, with, with Cameron and Blake's wedding this Friday, and all the activities going on right now, uh, we just decided that it might make more sense to do a, a self-serve picnic rather than, rather than putting one on as a church. So, so next Sunday, 10 o'clock, outside, you say, what if it rains? It never does. But um, no, if, if, it, if it rains, we do have a plan, we promise you. So don't just skip church. We'll, we'll, <laughs> have, a, we'll have a great plan that doesn't involve you just getting wet. So um, we, we will have a lot of fun together. But again, if you're going to eat, bring your food along, have a picnic together with some friends. It's a great opportunity to explore the property. We have zip lines back there, great uh, wetland out back that you can wander. Just a, a, lot of, a lot of things to be able to enjoy along the way. We're uh, celebrating some baptisms as well. And that too. Yeah. If I wanted to get baptized, what do I do? Well, many different things. Uh, you can go talk to someone at the Info Hub today. You can reach out through our website. You reach out through the church app and just let us know that you're interested in, in getting baptized and, and making that declaration of faith. You know, we believe, as the Bible says, it's not uh, a requirement 
but it is something we are encouraged to do, to, to let the world know that we are living differently from the world around us. So, um, so if you're interested in, in doing that, reach out to us, and, and we'll get you on the list. We do two different styles. We do have a, a portable pool that we set up here during a service or in between services or some other time. But then the other thing that we fell in love with when we were a portable church was our location over on the DuPage River. And some of you already signed up for a river baptism. And just so that you know, we typically don't do those until like the after 4th of July yeah. <laughs> when God decides to yeah. turn up the river heat just a yeah. little bit. So it doesn't make you extra special spiritual to get, to get baptized in the cold. I, I personally like warm water. So, so those baptisms will happen a little bit later, a little bit later in the summer. We have our step classes. Uh, step in is concluding today. So if you've been a part of that, remember that's today from 3 to 5. And then next month, we'll be offering step up. Both of those are basically the path you would take if you're looking uh, to become a member of the church. So if you've been thinking about that, make sure to sign up for that. Um, this, let's see, not, yeah, it would be this Friday. Friday morning at 8.30. Uh, we're going into Memorial Day weekend, and one of the ways that you can honor and commemorate those who, who served our, on behalf of our country is to head down to Abe Lincoln uh, uh, Cemetery, National Cemetery, where they'll be putting 55,000 flags on the grave markers that are there. Dennis Gorin uh, leads us up. He's part of our church, as, as well as uh, Cindy, his wife, helps out. So if that's something you're interested in doing, and I'd encourage especially, if you know, you're a homeschool family, what a, what a great way to help your kids understand better the concept of patriotism than to go be a part of that, even if it's only for an hour. It starts at 8.30. This is a rain or shine event or snow or whatever whatever the sky brings. Um, if you've never been there, it's pretty easy. You pull in the main entrance. You drive a little bit, and you'll come to a visitor entrance or visitor uh, visitor house. You go just past that. It's absolutely unmissable. There's a, there's a giant flagpole, and they're meeting at the flagpole. That's where you receive uh, instructions, information, and head out from there. It's so. a really, really meaningful time uh, to be able to recognize the sacrifice of, of the people that, that laid down their lives and the families that, that had to deal with, uh, with those losses and that time away from families as well. Um, got to go to Arlington National Cemetery when we were uh, in Washington, D.C., and you wouldn't believe. Like if, you, if you have junior high age kids or, or younger and you're like, oh, they won't behave, believe me, there's, there's something about Solid. being there that... Mm -hmm that brings an understanding and a, just a, a collective appreciation for, uh, for the weekend. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, a couple other things before we, before we head into our, our, our prayer time this morning. Um, really grateful. You know, Kim's great aunt and uncle, um, aunt Kate and Uncle Jack, they used to refer to Memorial Day as Decoration Day. And a piece was decorating the graves, obviously, whether it was flags or flowers or whatever. And uh, we, we get some beautiful decorating actually done around here. Dave and Denise Papish, for the last several years, have put together beautiful flowers at the front door as well as on the patio uh, to just really bring life, life to our property. So we're grateful for that. The patio is a great place to go. You want to hang out with somebody right after church, go sit out there. You can even bring your lunch over during the week. We have some folks that, that work close, and they'll, they'll head on over there maybe with a friend and, and spend lunch out there. I love the way it's, the way it's built. It tends to protect from, from the elements, so it's just a, a great place to go out and sit down and have some fun. The other thing I mentioned in the first service last week, but not in the second, was um, we had a crew of guys here recently head up to Green Lake, um, and, and they were involved in, 
in retrofitting the lighting in the, in the Troster building, which is the arts and crafts building. They had old fluorescent tubes in there that took forever to warm up. And so uh, Jerry Stroman, Mike Brown, and Dave Papish headed on up, and they, and they ret retrofitted that all to LED lighting. The, the staff there and the volunteers there have been thrilled. There have been nothing but positive reports. But I bring that up in part because one of the things we're moving toward this fall is not just having our student trip, but we're also looking toward having an adult work trip for Green Lake in the fall. So uh, you can get that at least in the back of your head right now. Some of you have been asking the date. We'll get that settled as soon as we can so that you can you know, make, make your plans with work, get the time off, but um, great time together to be able to go and, and serve, get your hands dirty, and, and enjoy being, being with some other folks. Really great. So anything else that I'm forgetting? I don't think so. All right. So this morning, uh, we're, we're going to take a, a unique approach to the day, I think a beautiful approach. And in, like I said, it's an extension, really, of this time of, of fasting and prayer that we're, that we're in the middle of right now. Felt a tremendous burden this year to make sure that our, that our children and our students are well prayed for. Because we believe that what we're doing through Green Lake and through Quest is not simply an event or a program that church sponsors, but it really is an opportunity for something tremendously spiritual to happen in the life of a child or a student. And, and, that, and that is empowered in large part by the prayers that we offer up to God. When we were uh, going through Rooted, we had a particular Sunday, I think it was the third Sunday in, that they were working on developing the, the rhythm of prayer in our lives. And a piece of that rhythm of prayer was something they called the prayer experiment. Uh, they were hopeful that maybe small groups would get together and spend, actually in the instructions, it was like three hours praying together. And, and we, we recognized that we wanted to do this in a way that we would maximize participation so rather than doing it in small groups, we actually did it on a Sunday morning. And, and, and that morning was incredibly profound and meaningful to so many. So many came up afterward and said, we need to do that again. And so we, we wanted to tie one of these days of prayer to this particular activity involved with Quest and Green Lake because we want to see God do something truly significantly spiritual in the life of our children and our students. Um, when, when we get together, particularly in the step in class, we talk about it in step up as well. We talk about the, really the mission of our church, what we're all about. It says we challenge people to take their next life-changing step toward becoming like Jesus together. This is, this is what we're about as a church. We're not about, you know, bake sales, bingos, and all, all the other things that are fun to do. But we, we exist for the sake of helping people to grow more like Jesus Nothing else, nothing else in society exists to help people grow like Jesus. That's what we do. And so, answer that. And so we, um, <laughs> we, um, we focus on these life-changing next steps. So, and we challenge people to do that. Now, next steps, everybody has a next step to take. Even me, I've been, I've been a believer for a long time. Pastor, went to seminary, and I will quite literally take next steps until my last breath. Nobody is perfect in this life. We all have some area of growing to do. And as we look at our next steps, they vary. And I think to some degree, they vary according to our stage of spiritual development. So when you're a new believer, a lot of your next steps, I would say, are they're focused a little bit more on the exterior. They're, they're things that are maybe a little bit more visible. Things like, hey, it's probably not the best thing to drop the F-bomb in the church foyer. 
you know, things, things like that, where, where you're working on these, these things that are like, yeah, that's not what Jesus would do, right? And, and the funny thing is that for a lot of people, it doesn't take an awful long time to work on the exterior sins. They get them under control. And then they realize there's this whole other battle of interior sins, sins of attitude, sins of motive, Sins that go down here, where, where I can be doing the right thing. You know, we saw this last week with fasting. I can look like I'm doing the right thing with fasting, and my heart is rotten in the process. So our next steps not only involve uh, things that are very visible, but then it starts turning toward the internal, toward the attitude, toward the heart, and we start developing in those areas. I don't think there's a believer in the world who ever gets there in prayer. I think there's always some next step to be taken in prayer. I mean, for a lot of people, the first step is to literally pray out loud in front of other people without fainting or wanting to run away from the church, right? But then you get there and you're like, okay, this is starting to work. And, and you start growing. One of the things I've found is growth in prayer. You'll, be, you'll, you'll feel like you're finally getting it. And then you'll go through this tremendous dry season of prayer. You're like praying, and it's like it's bouncing off the ceiling back in your lap, and I'm like, what have I sinned? Have I done something wrong? Why is this happening? And I think part of what God is trying to teach us even during that season is that it's easy for us to fall in love in, with praying and forget why we're praying. This is actually about falling in love with God. It's not, it's not about falling in love with praying. It's about that deeper level of falling in love with God. So we're always growing in these next steps. We grow in them individually, and we grow in them together. So our statement says we challenge people to take their next life-changing step toward becoming like Jesus together. I love that together word. I'm so glad we included it when we did. COVID taught us very distinctly that together is not a convenience. It's a conviction. God calls us to be together. We grow through being together. And so one of the things we encourage people to do is not just pray alone, but to pray in groups. And group prayer, group prayer has got some interesting dynamics to it. It's, I, I won't say it's the easiest thing. It's pretty wonderful, but it's not the easiest thing. Uh, group prayer is often referred to as corporate prayer. That's not corporate like Pfizer and Amgen. That's corporate as in a group of people gathering together to pray. And, and there are three things that are profound when we gather to pray. The first is it really does embrace the concept of together. That when we pray together, we're being together. There's, we're supposed to be unified. There's unity that is found in prayer. And so when our voices are being lifted up together in prayer, we find tremendous unity in that. We see in Acts chapter 42 that the apostles and the people gathered together and that the people were devoted to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread. And the way the wording says it, it says, and the prayers. It was not and prayer, and the prayers. What were the prayers? Well, I believe in, in part, this is referring to uh, the liturgy of the church. This is referring to the Lord's Prayer and other prayers that the group prayed together. They prayed them together, not just alone, but together. We see them gathered in Acts chapter 4 uh, to pray during a time of difficulty. It says they lifted up their voices together in prayer. And after this, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. There was tremendous power that came through a time of unified prayer together. So it embraces together. It does require a degree of choreography. We've got to figure out how we're going to do this dance of prayer without stepping all over each other's toes. 
And, and Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks about when you're gathered together for worship, when you're doing these things together, you're to do them in a way that there's some order involved. God's not a, a God of confusion, but a God of, of peace. It says, but all things should be done decently and in order. There's a way that we can actually pray together that is the bringing of a singular unified voice to God. Further, group prayer is uniquely powerful. When I get the chance to get to get pray in groups, I, I, I just find an energy there that is amazing. In particular, when, when we spend time together praying as a group of overseers. I can't tell you how many times we'll be praying, and, and there's this beautiful give and take going on in prayer where my, I maybe I'll pray something and someone else will pray and reinforce that, and I'll pray back, and we'll be going up and back. And by the time you're done praying, there's an energy about it that you feel like, okay, let's go storm the castle. I mean, I'm ready. Let's go. There's something about knowing that you're not alone alone in the cause. You're not alone in the struggle. You know, you're watching the news, you're seeing what's going on in the world, and it's easy to think right now you're the only person who believes what you believe. No, you're not. There are a lot of people who believe what you believe, and there's unity and power to be realized when we join our voices together in prayer. Jesus makes clear when two or three on earth are gathered in my name, I'm with them. We have the power that's realized by his presence when we're praying together. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us to pray in all times, on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is a plural verse. It's not singular, it's plural. He's saying, pray together all the time for each other. And in all of this, in, it should say actually Ephesians chapter 3, there we go. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all the generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you hear the power of that verse? That is, that is a conquering, powerful, beautiful verse. So we're going to spend time in the outline that we learned uh, when we went through Rooted. This, this is the order. This is the liturgy of our prayer. This is, this is the structure, the choreography of the day. Three movements of prayer. We look up. We look up to God. We remember that we're with God. Here's what's incredible. We, we learn kind of this rote line in prayer. God be with us. God be with us. Here's the newsflash. God's always with you. Oh, you don't have to ask him. He's always there. Our problem is we forget. We don't need to pray, God, be with us. We need to pray, God, remind me you're here. So we look up to be reminded that we're not just talking to the wind. We're entering the throne room of God. Then we look in. We look in. By looking at God's word, we look in and see what, does, what is God saying about himself and about our condition before him. And then finally, we look out. We look out to the, to the request, to the thing that we're praying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in this particular area. So we're going to start with the, the upward movement. We're going to look up. To do this, we're going to be playing some music, instrumental music. Uh, I like music playing when I pray. I found that uh, lyrics don't help. Often I'm singing along instead of continuing to pray. But just having some music really does set a, a beautiful tone for the moment. This is actually uh, a CD of, they're called lullabies, actually, that, that we hand out to people when, they're, when they have their babies dedicated. But just give us that, that spirit of prayer. And so as we enter the spirit of prayer, would you be quiet before God right now, eyes opened, eyes closed. Just be conscious of the fact that God is here. He's with us. He's not just with me, he's with us. We're in the presence of God together.
we've walked as a group into the throne room of God together. We're gathered before him. If you were physically standing before God right now, what would you say to him first? Let's start by the conversation by talking to him about him. Talking to him about who he is to us, what he means to us. We'll do this by seeing what David wrote in Psalm 103. Psalm 103 is a beautiful passage. It actually includes all the portions of looking up, looking in, and looking out. Start here, Bri. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. There are so many places that we could start by praising you today, Father God in heaven. We could start by simply extolling all the virtues of your character. But the fact is that humans, as human beings, more often than not, we go straight to the things you do for us. They're so tangible. And the fact is, you forgive us. You heal us. You redeem us. You crown us. You satisfy us. You renew us. Thank you for drawing us into a relationship with yourself. Thank you for the privilege right now of being in your presence and being fully aware of that presence. You're with us. God is with us. The Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How we need to be reminded that you are a forgiving God. Because when we get a chance to look at ourselves, we're going to see people who are full of sin. People who walk in sin and live in sin and are immersed in sin. And the fact that you don't just boot us from your presence. The fact that you look at us in our frailty and our unworthiness. And you say, come here, I still love you. I still want you. I still forgive you. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for not simply being in a state of anger with us all the time. You know who we are. You made us and you love us. Now we lift our eyes to Jesus. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus, we often think of you as a baby in a manger, a man on a cross, a risen Savior talking to a woman in a garden, a conquering king coming on the clouds to take us home. I don't think we as often think of you as the one who made everything. The word spoke and everything was. And as our creator, you understand fully and completely our design. You know the perfections and intricacies and you know the defects and faults that came about by sin. You know it all. You know us better than we know us. We can trust you. We trust you, Jesus. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Some of us are great at filling the air with words. It seems like we're never at a loss for words. But the fact is, there come moments of heartbreak, of despair, of frustration, of sadness, where words elude us. And in those moments that words escape, I'm grateful that the Spirit speaks. Holy Spirit, the fact is, while I'm filling the air with my requests, you already know what God wants. Help us instead of filling the air with our words to turn to you, Holy Spirit, and say, what is it that God desires? My heart is unified with his desires. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. I thank you for this reminder from David that we have to tell our souls sometimes to praise you. We need to be reminded. We're standing in the throne room of God among angels and heavenly beings, and we need to be reminded it's time to praise God. Thank you for lifting up our eyes to you today. And having looked up to you, we now look in. 
We look deep inside. We focus on your word, your word of truth. Many these days believe there is no truth, that nothing is objective, but your word is truth. Your word is objective, and your word is powerful, and through your word we learn things. We learn things about you, and we learn things about ourselves and what you're calling us to become. We look in, God, today. We use the word of God. We look at the book of Hebrews that says this word is is living and powerful and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. We recognize that your word speaks to us. Help us, God, to hear your word. Help us to hear. Psalm 103 begins by telling us about who God is as a forgiver, telling us that he's gracious and compassionate that he won't hold our sins against us. And then as you keep going in verse 13, he starts telling us some things, not just about who he is, but about who we are. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone. But its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. We feel so strong, so powerful, so invincible. We can do anything. We can have it all. And then we look at the truth of your word. This truthful word says you're made of dust. From dust you came to dust you shall return. You won't live here forever. You don't have endless years on this earth. You have moments. And then the moments are gone and you better make good decisions with the moments. We feel invincible until, like the, the grass of a Shanahan lawn, the sun starts to shine and the water dries up, and two weeks later it's a field of brown. We recognize our frailty, the frailty you tell us we have. We're not only physically frail, but God, we are spiritually frail. We're so quick to sin. We're so quick to fall to temptation. We're so quick to fall into wrongdoing. You knock at our heart's door. You invite us to come in and eat with you, and you invite us to pray to you. Come and talk with me, you say, and my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming to talk. So as we look within today, I want to list a number of psalms for you. You can go in just about any direction as an individual or as a group to, to spend further time reflecting on looking in. Who is this person that God has made? There are psalms of suffering, psalms of help and hope, psalms of just the nature of existence, psalms of waiting and longing, psalms of confession. You chose Psalm 121 in the first service. I think that was a good choice. You want to go ahead and read that one for us? Sure. Psalm 121. Any of these psalms, as you read them, I'd encourage you to not just, especially if they're familiar, don't just glance over them. Take time to really hear what they have to say. Reflect on them. 
pray the words back to God and then contemplate as you listen. Here's Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. I hear that psalm, and I just, I can't help but think of the constant presence of God. And if he's constantly present, he knows the times I get it right, and he knows the times I mess up. He's fully aware of my sin. As David said, my secret sins, you see them all. So a piece of looking in is to take time in confession to see the truth of Scripture and to recognize that there are areas that, that we need to ask for God's forgiveness. Galatians tells us that this Spirit of God is constantly contending with our physical spirit, struggling with us to try to get us to make the right choices and do the right things. There are so many sins toward which we are drawn, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, all these sins. He says, I tell you, these things do not inherit the kingdom of God. Talks about what God does want to draw out in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Perhaps in this time of confession, a sin is drawn to your attention that needs forgiveness. I want to invite you to nail it to the cross, to give it over to Jesus. Today we'll walk to communion. We have tables at the front and back. We have gluten-free on either side of the stage as well as a back station. I want you to take your sin there and leave it there. Leave it with Jesus and in turn take with you forgiveness. Let's go to communion. We turn our prayer now to look out, and our look out is to look out over our kids, our children, our students. You may not know it, but God's given us some great kids. Really great kids. And he's entrusted us as church and parents, uncles, aunts, to love them toward Jesus. To help them to see what Jesus looks like to help them to know that there is no better choice in all the world than to follow after God. 
So I'm going to invite you to write out your prayers for them. We're going to get a little light on the scene for you so that you can see. And we're going to follow the outline we followed in the past. Holy desires, heart transformations, and heavy burdens. On your piece of paper, I'd love you on behalf of a child you know, a student you know, or just generically children and students who'll be part of camp and, and Green Lake, or even just some, some child or student you know. Write out a heart desire. When we say heart desire, I'm not talking about just something we want for them. This is something God wants for them. Our hearts are being united with God's heart in praying for them. The Bible says, for example, that God wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's a heart desire of God. It's a heart desire of God that a, that a child or a student realize they were created in the image of God. They were created male and female, and God wants them to celebrate their maleness and celebrate their femaleness and not forfeit that for anything else. God wants them, if, if he leads them toward marriage as a woman to choose a man and a man to choose a woman, God has heart desires for them. What are the heart desires God has for these kids? Write one or two on your paper right now. Write one or two of the prayers you pray, heart desires. Heart desires that they be protected from the evil one. Heart desires that they, wouldn't, that they wouldn't fall for the putrid philosophy of the world, for the pagan secularism that's such a lie from the pit of hell. Heart desires that they would, they would come in contact with Christ followers who would help them to love Jesus. Heart desires that someone would give their life fully and completely to a life of serving and ministry. Heart desires that they would have courage and boldness and compassion and grace. Heart desires that in whatever field they work, they would be salt and light. What are the heart desires that God is bringing to you today? Sorry, holy desires. And start to turn your mind toward heart transformations. Heart transformations are the moment of coming to salvation, the moment of surrendering one's life to God. Moments of spiritual significance where, where something needs to break, something needs to change. Maybe there's a child who, who's come to Christ and their growth seems to have stunted. A student who, who walked with Christ for a while, but now it just seems like they're walking away. They need a transformation. Something needs to change. You might just write their name. You might write this situation in a couple of words. Something that God knows and you knows. You know this is the person for whom you're praying.
for a heart transformation to take place. Heavy burdens are tough. Heavy burdens are those prayers that we might have literally prayed their entire lifetime already. It might be that when they were born or even before they were born, we found out that they had a condition that was going to make life challenging. And they continue to walk through those challenges. And we walk with them. It might be as they've started to grow that you see a bent in their character and their personality that leads them toward to be prone toward sadness, prone toward a desperation and despair that breaks your heart. It might be the friend group they're walking with right now that you're thinking, this is going nowhere good fast. It might be that they have just wandered away from God and want nothing to do with them. It's a heavy burden. Write the heavy burdens on a piece of paper, maybe just a name, maybe just a situation. Pray the heavy burden to God. The music will continue to play for just a couple more moments. Our team is joining us, and they're going to be leading us in a song in a minute. Before they do, God in heaven, we are grateful that you've brought children and students into our lives. It's a delight, and it's such a huge responsibility. Help us not to waste a moment with them. In the dailiness of life, we can often overlook those moments, those moments that are transformational. They're just incredibly life-changing. Help us not to miss a moment with them. Help us not to miss a moment of Quest or Green Lake. To use it to the full. Let this be a, a, a day that we will look back and say a stake was driven in the ground and something spiritually significant happened here. Let these weeks be weeks that our kids will be able to look back on and say, God changed me that week. Never let us stop being faithful in prayer. Always praying, continually praying.
We're going to stand and sing a couple of beautiful songs, one old and familiar, one brand new. And I want to invite you to bring your prayers to God. So anytime during the songs, it doesn't have to be immediate, come to the front and lay your songs here at the altar. Lights will go away so you'll have a little bit more anonymity. Come lay your prayers before God. Life, life is full of glimpses, just little glimpses. Um, this is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like, right? First time I heard it. Got it. Good. Um, we don't get it. We really don't. We, you know, we, we go through a morning like this morning, like, oh, that was nice. That was nice. There, there's this whole thing happening just beyond the veil that we just don't get. More than once, I've been in the privilege of being in the presence of a person who died and entered the presence of Jesus. And I always, I wish I could hear the words on the other side. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Would you look at this? Oh, wow. You know what we did this morning? We filled the prayer bowl. We filled, what, what am I talking about? Revelation chapter 8 talks about this scene in heaven where an angel comes. They're about to break the seventh seal. And the angel comes and, and scoops up a bunch of incense and then goes over to the prayer bowl and scoops up a bunch of the prayers of the saints of God and he mixes them together. He mixes them together and he pours them out on the altar and then ultimately he pours them out of the earth and there is thunder and there is lightning and there is earthquake. This is what heaven sounds like. This is what life is all about right here and we miss it so often because we live with our eyes closed. Prayer opens our eyes it opens our eyes. God wants to do some amazing, powerful things in our kids, in our church, in our life. We've got to believe that prayer makes a difference. So we head into another week of prayer and fasting. Keep it going. Keep it going. Because even though you may not see the result you're looking for, God sees. God knows. He's a difference-making God, and he will answer those prayers. On your way out this morning, you might decide you need more prayer. Misty Yost to be down here at the table to pray with you. On this side, if you want to step out of anonymity, let us have your picture. John Beaker will be down here to greet you, and Jenna will be down here to take your picture. So we'll see you later. See you next Sunday, 10 o'clock, out on the lawn.